As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest and the deputy editor of MileHighHuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Kenny Young, we kind of hinted around it <laughs> last night, but he didn't seem too stoked to be traded to the Denver Broncos. Now, before fans get their dander up and all righteous indignation, how dare you, you're with the Denver Broncos, you got to remember, he had already been traded once before in his career. I'll let you get to the meat of what he said, Zach, but he'd already been <laughs> traded once in his career. He was on a winning ball club that he had kind of sunk some roots with, and he had come off a game which was arguably his best game of the season. So for him to say that, you know, what he did say, it's at least understandable. Uh, very much so. I mean, a young guy, not even in the prime of his career, starting for a team that's, what are they, 6-1 and one right now? I mean, a Super Bowl contending team. Then in the matter of a blink of a second, he's foisted upon a team that's 3-4 and four, in total disarray, lost four straight games. And the justification, I think, behind the trade kind of ate at Kenny Young as it should. If he says it's financially driven, well, I looked into that as I wrote the article today. The Rams only saved $1.3 million by trading him. They had, now they have over five. So they weren't exactly pressed up to the salary cap completely. They had some wiggle room. So to get rid of a young starting playmaker, a 25-year-old guy playing well, coming off a win, all to save $1.3 million, I don't blame him for how he feels at all. Here, just so people understand the tonality of how he said it, he, you're going to see headlines, including from us, that says he was not cool with what happened and whatnot. Here's the actual tonality of what your new Denver Broncos linebacker said today, or yesterday. Uh, yeah, it, it, had to do, it had nothing to do with my on-the-field ability, anything like that. I think what it was, you know, I was playing well, uh, you know, uh, the way the cap was, was structured. Uh, you know, they need to take some some money off my deal to really get some guys uh, off other areas up, you know, ready to go. And uh, that's what it was about. It was about finances and something weird for me. You know, I've never heard or experienced that, you know, but uh, it makes sense what, what they did. And, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I'm not cool with it, but I have to respect it because they had no other choice. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Okay, so he's not cool with it, understands NFL's a business. The wisdom of saying that at the podium, I don't know how smart it was. It's not the greatest way to ingratiate yourself, not only to your new teammates, but to the fans and local media. But, guys, Kenny Young basically had the rug pulled out from underneath him. And so, you know, cut him a little bit of slack. I mean, it's like uh, he he went. He's going through a breakup, and he wasn't the one who initiated that. And for anyone who's ever in that position, there's the after effects. There's the whirlwind experience. You feel blindsided. You go through the stages of grief. And as I wrote, I think Kenny Young is far from the acceptance stage of that process. Chad, he's still very much going through it. And uh, realize, you know, thinking to himself, why would they do that? Why would Sean McVay do that? Why would Les Snead do that? I'm a young talented playmaker for a really good team. Why get rid of me only to save that much money? And for a 2024 six-round draft pick at that, I mean, he literally went for nothing. So on a personal level, I understand how he feels. On a professional level, I understand how he feels. I just hope he channels that anger into motivation and he kind of gets on the orange and blue bandwagon going forward. I think by the once he kind of settles in, and the sting wears off just a little bit, I think he's going to end up being a pretty good find for these Denver Broncos. Like, I think he's worth more than what the Broncos had to give up to land him. Zach, if you wouldn't mind beginning to grab Sam's super chat here, I'm going to mute my mic just for a second. I got to grab something right behind this banner. I'll be back in 10 seconds. Yeah, Sam Bam hopping in as he always does with a very generous super, $20 super. Thank you, Sam Bam. Good to see you this evening. He goes, sub Broncos country, let's get back in the win column this Sunday. But since Fangio is still our head coach and Pat Shermer is still our OC, can't say I feel that confident. Go Broncos. Um, I, I don't blame anyone for having lack of confidence in the Broncos, but this is another team in Washington that the Broncos should be able to, with their talent alone, take away the coaching, vanquish. They are beat up on offense. They are not that great on defense. I mean, if they can't make hay at 3-4 and four now, the season on the line, Teddy Bridgewater's hand hovering over the panic button while <laughs> Von Miller simultaneously smashes it as he came out today and said, I, I mean, they're done for. So I think you might see a win but I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a loss at all. Sam Bam, you the man. Really appreciate you. Keep your chin up. Whatever happens, guys, with this 2021 Denver Broncos football season, we're going to get through it together, and we're going to enjoy the ride. You know, This too shall pass, and pretty, pretty soon, even if this season ultimately, as it appears to be, is destined for another dustbin of history-type finish, Hey man, we're going to be getting to the draft by December. We're going to be talking top ten picks. We're going to be we're going to be all over that. All right, but for now, hey, let's not be Teddy Bridgewater and uh, panic quite yet. Even though we might be seeing the writing on the wall. Appreciate you, Sam. Yeah, Sam also hopped back in with the talent. Can we pull that back up again so we oh, can yeah. read that? That was Sam. my bad. I'm the one that clicked it off. I don't know if we got access to it. So uh, let me see. I think he floated off, dude. Yeah, I can pull it from the back end. Yeah, if we can try to get it back, just so I can acknowledge Sam's comment. But I see Michaela here hopping in, as she always does every single pod chat. The most generous duchess in all the podcasting land. Thank you so much, Michaela. She says, not much to say except I love each one of you. Nice to see you're in a good mood tonight. Usually, Chad, she's kind of, you know, very... uh, out for blood, you know, very Game of Thrones-like. So we appreciate you, Michaela, and I hope your chin is up and you're looking forward to Sunday's game. She would make for a phenomenal character on Game of Thrones. And 
you know what? As much as the wrath can come out when the Broncos aren't minding their P's and Q's, we also know Michaela is a sweetie pie, and we love her, and she was yeah. so much fun to hang out with. Um, and we love you too. And that's not just, uh, you know, that's not just saying that we got much love for you. So appreciate you. And we'll do an update here in a minute on where things stand on the, uh, top five on super chat, Shane Daniels, another legend. What's up, buddy? He says, you can't be mad. He was on a super bowl caliber team and then sent to the fledgling Broncos. I like that. I would be mad. So would I. All right. I pulled up the, uh, comment we'll we'll grab uh at sam bam as soon as we finish up with josh hoyle who has been a whirling dervish on facebook for us really pushing the pile right for our goal toward two hundred fifty thousand stars which that's another thing we'll update here just in a moment he says hopefully after a couple weeks young is in better spirits gets comfortable with the broncos can't say my, uh, say i blame him for being upset yeah, and I think, you know, there's actually a lot to be curious about and intrigued by with Kenny Young. He really is an interesting talent to me. And I think that because he has a little bit of a background, at least in the kind of foundation of the scheme that Fangio runs, different verbiage is really all that he has to kind of assimilate. I don't think you're going to need, you're going to, I don't think Kenny Young's going to need, you know, a, a quarter of the season to get up to speed. It'll take a little bit of buffering time. He will have to acclimate a little bit, but this is a guy that has upside beyond 2021. This is a guy that has the potential to be a factor and help you at that position in years to come if things come together. And here's uh, Sam Bam, what he had to say on his second super. Um, he said, let's get back in the win column this Sunday, but since Vic Fangio is still our head coach and Pat Shermer is still our OC, I can't I say a, I feel that confident. That was the same one, but uh, oh, it was yeah. It's okay though. No, no, it's why. Well, oh, I see what it was. We we flashed them both. Here it is. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say it. Okay, ready. Also, gonna ask the Broncos country send my Braves some good vibes as we got to win three more against the Astros. I've been a Braves and a Broncos fan since the early '90s. So go Braves and go Broncos. I don't know, man. I don't really care about baseball, but I'll give you those vibes, mm -hmm. my dog. I appreciate you, Sam. About Kenny Young, though, Chad, he doesn't really have time to sit around and stew about the Rams' departure. He's going to probably end up playing starter snaps this week or next week at the absolute minimum. And if he wants to earn some money this year, he should kind of get over his Rams' breakup and get on the Broncos' bandwagon. He's in a contract year. He'll be a UFA in 2022. So if he stars in this defense going forward at a position that's been plagued by injury, if he stands out, he can play himself into a multi-year contract with Denver or another team. So I think what's best for him physically and mentally, like Simmons was saying, we have to make that transition. And if he wants to make that leap with Denver, it would behoove him financially at the minimum to do so. Yes, indeed. And by the way, before I forget, all right, I shouldn't say I, I completely don't care about baseball, Sam Bam. All right. In fact, when I was a young warthog, my favorite team were the Angels. All right. Then, because back then, you know, at least for my family's uh, socioeconomic standing, all we had was cable and TBS. You know, we had TBS and the Braves were broadcast every night. So I ended up becoming a Braves fan. Uh, during the, this is the Glavin, Smoltz, Justice, Ron Gant era of, of Atlanta Braves baseball. So I do still have a little bit of a spark for the Braves. I just don't follow them anymore for what it's worth. Randy. What is going on? Now, you want to talk Braves? Talk to Scott Kennedy on Broncos for breakfast. Randy, you the man. Hope you're doing well up there in the great white north. Appreciate you. Speaking of superstars, we got Travis Weber in the house saying, good evening, Chad Zach, Broncos country. Returning the love back to Mike and Andrew for the stars the other day. I hope Young will get on board and want to play. We need him, but I understand where he is coming from. Very sweet gesture, what he's talking about, Mike and Andrew, in a very altruistic move. Travis was in a position to throw up some stars, and they did it for him. And it's just, man, our community is its just, I love y'all. Yeah, and the thing about Young, I mean, getting back on him for a second, what I like, Chad, he's a fiery guy. 
and he can give the Broncos something they really don't have on their entire team from the head coach to the quarterback on down, and that's that fiery pistol type of personality to kind of get the defense going, get the team going, rile up the opponent. They don't have any of those types. They need more energy on the sidelines. So if Kenny Young can bring that along with covering a tight end and playing inside linebacker, I think he'll be a great acquisition. Yes, indeed. Guys, today we're going to take a, a little time to kind of analyze who these this Washington football team is, look at some head-to-head comparisons. You know, we're, we're looking at here two of the NFL's old drum teams right now. So none of what you're going to see here in a little bit is going to blow your socks off, but we're going to get to that because, you know, the Broncos have been in, in the midst of a mini buy with 10 days in between games by the time they finally take the field again on Sunday. And so the focus, Zach, has kind of gone toward all the storylines, but there's football left to be played and a lot of football games left to be played. So 10 games for what it's worth. Calvin, what's going on, bro? You the man. Been with us a long time. Bonafide Super Chat Superstar here at MHH. He says, y'all crack, uh, y'all cracking me up thinking that Locke is any answer. Dude only reads one receiver and then bolts to the right into sacks. And when he gets sneezed on, he fumbles. Zach? Well, I mean, I feel like the Broncos have been on a bye since the Jets game, Chad. They've been checked out uh, since that point. In terms of who brought up Drew Locke, I mean, what are we even talking about here? So, Calvin, your defense of Teddy Bridgewater is so strong that you're willing to bring up the antithesis in your mind in Drew Locke unprompted to get the deflection off of Teddy. I mean, you say this in the midst of a, of a period where Teddy's thrown five picks in his last three games. He's also fumbled in there as well. So if you're saying Drew Locke is not the answer, my counter will always be Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. I don't think the Broncos have their long-term quarterback on the current roster, Calvin. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, look, I still remain very, very open to the possibility that Drew Locke could be the answer. All right, but at this stage, again, it's more about what do you have to lose? And it's not like you have some... Uh, It's not Jeff Driscoll back there, right? It's a young guy with talent and upside who you have poured a lot of coaching into. So what are you waiting for? It's also a guy that knows the scheme. It's also a guy that knows the players and around him. This, this is not, I mean, you move to drew Locke. It is as seamless a transition as you can possibly get. So what are you waiting for? Teddy's tapped out and he's not healthy. Now the 10 days in between Zach, I imagine that's going to be helpful in terms of getting him from that, you know, 75 to 70%, whatever he said he was, health percentage to closer to 100%, but it still doesn't solve the problem, which is, you know, he's he just doesn't have it, man. He just doesn't have it. There's so much about Teddy to love and like, especially on the intangible side, but the dude just doesn't have what it takes. Well, let's ask Fangio how healthy Teddy was, because apparently he knows Teddy's body better than Teddy himself. It, they, he, you know, it's 10 days now. He should be healed up. I mean, from the concussion, from the quad and the foot injuries. But I think even at full strength, even during the Broncos winning streak chat, even in the Jets game, which was their most complete game of the season, there were always cracks in the veneer. There were always red flags with Teddy's game because that's always what he's been and he's proving himself to be. Jesse, what's going on, bro? Good to see you. Appreciate you being with us. He says, it's cold out here in New England in this storm, and I'm missing the Midwest. Tell Kenny I'd take Denver any day. We can make something of this year. It's true. There is still plenty of rows left to hoe for this team. Like, you have 10 more games. I mean, even at at uh, 3 and 4, you're now just one game. You're almost halfway into the season, and this Denver Broncos team is only one game under 500, so... You know, if they, as Vic Fangio is hoping, can spark a turnaround, it has to start this week against the Washington football team because, frankly, Zach, the schedule does not get all that much easier from here on out. I mean, no, I mean, can you imagine a couple weeks they're going to take on the Cowboys offense at the very minimum? I mean, they're going to play some contending teams, including the Chiefs, including the Chargers, including the Raiders again down the line. Their schedule, that was the, that was why it was so important to stack the wins and why they needed to beat teams, Chad, like Cleveland that was shorthanded, like the Raiders without a head coach, like Pittsburgh with... 
uh, their current issues at quarterback, especially with Roethlisberger. So they're not going to get any easier from here on out. Things are going to get harder. And if again, if you can't take down a Washington team, half of their offense is injured right now. The running back Gibson, couple of the rece- receivers, Logan Thomas is uh, is on IR right now. If you let ta- Taylor Heineke, Case Keenum, you, I-, I mean, just don't even show up the next day, honestly. All right. Um, let me go ahead and get this banner off. Uh, yes, Jeremy, a.k.a. Black Knight. He says, I send a $5 donation on Twitch. So if you see a pay- PayPal donation, it's mine. Yes, indeed, guys. We've received a few comments uh, from our great community on Twitch that, hey, you guys need to set up a, a donate tab or whatever so that just like on Facebook and YouTube, your Twitch audience can support what you guys are doing. And so Jeremy was actually kind enough to help us do that, went through the process today, got it set up. And so if you're on Twitch checking this out, go to our channel, click on the about, you'll see this little uh, albeit tacky thumbnail that will be changed soon. All right, but it's a little deal. You click on that, bada bing, bada bang, another way to support what we're doing here. So Jeremy, love you, dude. Appreciate you. Um, send me your address. I want to send you a little something, something as a thank you. Okay. Send me your, uh, shipping address and your t-shirt size. All right. Um, I'm just, uh, perusing the chat here. Uh, <laughs> Mark Langley, the man, the myth, the legend. What did you call him the other night? Zach, the God King, yeah. God King, Mark. Love it, dude. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you so much. Love you. Appreciate you. What's up to you. Hope things are good in your neck of the woods, my friend. Thanks, Mark. As always, we'll be talking soon. You know, this Travis Weber, legendary, legendary superstar says, I still think we need to start fresh. Hopefully a owner in place, a new coaching staff, hopefully a young offensive minded uh, coach and build this team. Also a big time Braves fan. As long as I've been a Broncos fan, I was lucky to coach my brother in baseball and we got to be the Braves, so a sentimental thing for me. Go Broncos, go Braves. Hey, that's cool, man. That's cool. Congrats on that. It's not easy coaching kids, man. It's uh, Let me put it this way. It's a lot more difficult than you would think. But any dad or bro or big bro or whatever that's done that, mom that's coached their kids, you know this. So anyway, we feel you, Travis. Now, starting fresh, Zach, if the season continues to tank, um, at what point do you say, you know what, we're not going to continue to strive to put all of our best troops out there. We're going to tank for position in the draft. Could you see this team as led by George Payton doing such a thing, knowing there isn't really that Andrew Luck, there isn't yeah, that I mean, Trevor Lawrence in the class? I mean, I don't really think that's a thing so much, even when there is a generational quote-unquote prospect, but they're not being one and it being kind of a, uh, a lowly rated quarterback class. I don't see a team like the Broncos doing that. And they have so much outright talent, Chad. Even with the terrible coaching, even with the injuries, I don't see them finishing in the range of a number one, number two overall pick. They would have to kind of lose from here on out. I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Uh, Mike says, and thank you, Mike, for all your support, my friend. If we lose on Sunday and Teddy seems like he can't execute the offense because of his lack of arm strength, Drew needs to take over. I mean, my, my question again, and it is rhetorical, but what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose at that stage? You would have nothing but, uh, something to gain. Naj, what's going on? Big dog. He says, Hey bros, this young addition has given me hope from what I've read. He's a high energy guy and a solid leader. I think we need some fire to light these guys up coming from a winning locker room. Maybe that'll help Zach. That's a good point. This is a guy that comes new to the equation from a team that, you know, they still got the light in their eyes. They still got the fire in their eyes. Who knows? Maybe that will have some kind of effect on the locker room through osmosis. I, I just, you know, I saw a tweet from Nick today that I agree with. He said, you know, the momentum of a season doesn't really transfer over from year to year. I agree with that. I also agree with there's no magic thing you can rub on that's going to transfer a winning culture over just because a team was six and one and you're three and four doesn't really work that way. It's talent and it's coaching. If he would have brought Sean McVay with him, 
that would make a difference. But him <laughs> by himself, because he came from a winning team, is not going to do anything. Yes, indeed. David Wilder, good to see you, buddy. Thank you. Seriously, as long as uh, you keep showing up for the streams, we're going to keep cranking out the content. Trust. All right. Same to you, Travis. Appreciate you. Says, uh, Evening Priest, Broncos Country. This show is by far my favorite part of my work night. Very cool. Uh, Twitch, Jeremy says, are you guys worried about Peyton Manning having to, or or Peyton, I guess is what he meant, George Peyton, having to answer to John and Joe Ellis? I believe that's what you're saying, right, Jeremy? Peyton George, the GM, answering to John and Joe Ellis. On what? Like, just generally speaking? Give, give us a little more context on that. But uh, that chain of command, Zach, has been established now, you know, for the better part of a year. I thought I read something that apparently Elway still has pull, and apparently he still sits atop the Broncos hierarchy. I mean, that could be speculation and rumor, but um, I, I don't think George Payton's answering to anyone right now. I really do think it's his ship, and he's guiding it as he sees. Well, guys, we know. We'll talk about Pickett, but guys, he's still... John Elway didn't get fired, nor did he did he resign from the Denver Broncos. He remains the top executive on the football side. There's the business side, there's the administration side, then there's the football side. John Elway remains president of football operations. In fact, when he first took the job back in 2012, he wasn't even the GM. He was hired as vice president of football operations. The GM was carried over from the McDaniels era, Brian Zanders. And Brian Zanders understood, hey, I'm showing John Elway the ropes here. Hopefully I do enough to impress him and he keeps me around. But knowing that I'm basically, it's planned obsolescence. I'm working myself. I'm teaching myself out of a job. And sure enough, I want to say it was right after the preparations for the 2013 draft. Uh, pardon me. Elway came in 2011. So the 2011, right after the preparations for the 2012 draft. Uh, Xanders was dismissed. John then press release. Hey, guess what? John's the GM now as well as VP. And then he got that new title. If you guys can remember when he's got his last extension, which Zach, I think it was, I don't know, somewhere right around the VJ beginning of the VJ, if I'm not mistaken era. And so he's now president. So guess what? Joe Ellis, it was more, in my opinion, it was more of a PR move in terms of John, you got to step down we got to show to the fans after five years of this that there is accountability, that there is somebody, um, someone has to pay. And by relinquishing these duties and hiring someone you can trust, you don't have to do as much, but you're still the boss, so to speak. Zach, that's what it is. I don't think, though, John's being much of a meddler. But if he is, it's only going to last till the spring. I think if he was meddling, you don't end up with Teddy Bridgewater. You end up with right. an Aaron Rodgers or Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Fields or Mac Jones or you trade up for Trey Lance in the draft. I think that was that was a signal that it's George Payton's baby now and to an extent Vic Fangio's baby, unfortunately. Different strokes. Thank you for that super chat. Welcome. That's a newer name, so appreciate you. He says, Broncos fan in Cardiff, Wales. All right. Nice. Across the pond. Hashtag state of being, baby. Love your show. My first point of call for all Broncos news, even at 1.30 a.m. in the U.K. Very, very humbling. Appreciate that, man. Uh, get some sleep in about 33 minutes. You know, turn in. You saw some logs. You're going to have a big day tomorrow. Calvin, thank you for that second super chat, brother. He says, we missed Malik Jackson type of D-line presence deeply. We have no pass rush to save our lives. We have no bark nor bite and Shelby MIA since the payday. What's funny about Shelby, Zach, is we were, uh, for lack of a better term, we were hating on him a little bit in those previous two games. It was like, where is Shelby? Like Calvin's saying, like, come on, dude, you just got paid. Let's see something. The Cleveland game, he actually produced some impact moments. Wasn't enough to swing things and it wasn't as consistent as you would prefer. But the point remains, Calvin, Malik Jackson, that kind of interior disruptor, we hoped that that would be Draymond Jones. But, Zach, you're now seven going into your eighth week of the season. Draymond is yet to get us that. I mean, you're going to tell me that's coincidence, though, the fact that Shelby Harris's play tapered off, Draymond Jones can't get going. I mean, 
everyone in the Broncos defensive scheme, except maybe for Von Miller, was underproducing. And when it's every single player, not just one or two, again, it points to a coaching issue. But I agree with the premise of what Calvin's saying here. And like I said earlier, they don't have that mouthpiece, even Derek Wolf. Not even for his play because he was so injured all the time, but he just had that that intensity. Another team new to game plan for him in that regard that he's going to get under their skin. He's going to be that that spark plug they need, that, I don't know, the a-hole up front. They don't have an a-hole up front right now. I mean, it would be in the back usually, but in this case, <laughs> they don't have it. You know, Shelby's a nice guy. Draymond's still young and finding himself. Mike Purcell is just kind of there. The coaching's not sparking it. They don't really have that guy. They need that guy. Pete says, uh, tanking helped the Jets, not uh, even the Jags are happy with their quarterback play. Don't tank. Find who wants to be Broncos on the team. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think by purposefully trying to tank, you invoke some very dangerous uh, football karma, and you never know which way that can uh, result. And even the Colts ultimately paid the price the karmic will was a little bit slower in rolling around on him, but tanking for Andrew Luck, the suck for luck season of 2011, they did get luck, but he happened to be the, imagine if John Elway, Zach, in 1990 retired. I mean, you'd yeah. just be like, what? That's what Andrew Luck did. So that's what I'm saying. You tank the football gods, the will of karma, it's going to come for you. I want to show you guys something real quick here, Zach, uh, to the point that you made about uh, the pass rush and how the defense is supposed to be the shining strength of this club. This is from Bob Morris. Title is Advanced Analytics Revealed Broncos' Purported Strength for 2021 is Actually Their Biggest Weakness. Now, football outsiders, there's a few different um, football analytics sites that are that are quite helpful to content creators like us, uh, journalists, different forms of media, and also NFL teams. Everyone knows pro football focus. Not as many people know or, or are familiar with football outsiders, but they have a metric that's called DVOA. And without bogging down the conversation, uh, I'm not going to try and explain all that. Just know that DVOA is a metric that is used to reflect how efficient, effective a particular unit is in the NFL. The Broncos, Zach, get this currently sit 26th in defensive DVOA at 9.1%. I understand that 9.1% uh, thing that might not mean anything to you if you don't know what DVOA is, but that's why I would say just focus on this number, all right? 26. Um, the Broncos' run defense is at minus 4.9%, which is not bad. But before you raise your eyebrow, two things to keep in mind. Broncos are ranked 26 overall in run defense and second – 19 teams have a run defensive DVOA of at least that minus 10%. In other words, the Broncos have been decent, but not good enough against the run. Against the Browns, there was certainly a bad night for the run D, but the Broncos have fared better in other games. When it comes, this is the killer, Zach. This is the dagger, all right? When it comes to pass defense, there's no way to sugarcoat it. The Broncos are bad. They rank 24th overall with an 18.7% DVOA. While just 10 teams have negative pass defense DVOAs, that's to be expected in a passing league. However, you would expect that if the defense was truly the Broncos' strength, the passing defense, <clears throat> which that secondary, the highest paid in the league, would be negative DVOA, not a high positive number. So that just hammers home, Zach. That Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Vic Fangio and that experiment has really jumped the shark, and then we'll grab Joe here. I mean, he's such a defensive mastermind. When you have Simmons and Callahan and Fuller and Pat Sertan and Ronald Darby, Kareem Jackson, even guys like Hayden Stearns, when you have that collection of talent, you have to be better than 24th overall. I mean, there's literally no excuse for it otherwise. There's no rationalization that you can say to yourself, well, this or that happened, that's preventing the ranking from being higher. In the lower 20s, the mid-20s, when you should have, and we, we said it on the podcast before the season, I kind of eat crow on that now. They should maybe have a top five, top three, maybe even top one defense in the NFL. But 24th, with this secondary, everyone's saying no fly zone 2.0 and uh, Champ Bailey comparisons for Pat Sertan. Those might have been valid if they would get better coaching and the coaching that would maximize the talent they have. Yes, indeed. I'll say this, though. Pat Sertan has not been the problem. You know, he's no. had some ups and downs, but, I mean, Cleveland, dude, what was the number? He was targeted, I think, eight times. Might have been a little bit less than that, but he relinquished one pass for one yard. I mean, and that was against, yes, I know, Case Keenum, but you had Jarvis Landry, you had Odell Beckham. I mean, the young kid, man, he immediately became this team's best corner. And that is a little bit of a surprise to happen so quickly because Bryce Callahan, veteran, uh, Kyle Fuller, veteran, Ronald Darby, veteran. Then we'll grab Joe. Do you know what the, it, a more messed up thing is? Not only do you have a defensive mastermind as your head coach, your defensive coordinator, his expertise isn't secondary. And, and they rank 24th, and they're giving up big play after big play. I mean, they have the talent, guys, and I promise you. I mean, it's not um, subjective for me to say this. It's not my opinion or bias. If they had better coaching, I think they would have a minimum of five wins. Minimum. <sighs> Joe, thank you for being patient. He says, I don't know if he will have that much of an impact, especially when you got veterans that have been there longer on that team uh, than he has been in the league. Are you talking about Kenny Young? Okay. All right, gotcha. I don't know if Kenny Young will have that much of an impact, especially when you got veterans that have been there longer on that team uh, than he has even been in the league. I see what you mean. All right, but uh, Kenny Young, by virtue of walking in the building, became this team's best healthy <laughs> linebacker, period. So, and the veterans, you know, look, in the NFL, it's not so much how old are you, it's can you play? What are your bona fides? I'm going to hop on PFF and see what your grade is. They, they do this, all right? All right, let me pull up poor football reference, see your stats. Oh, dang, son, you had 10 tackles the game before you were traded? Hey, welcome in. You want to come over for dinner? Meet the wife, kids? Welcome to Denver. We need you. Sternod Young. Let's just hope that that duo can stay healthy. And then meanwhile, Zach, you've got uh, Jonas Griffith hopefully coming back to the roster within the next two or three weeks. They activated his IR window. And, you know, you got at least some names, some bodies, something behind those two guys. I mean, yeah, I'm not playing, you know, the likes of Jonas Griffith or Micah Kaiser over Kenny Young. I mean, his talent just screams off the charts. It's what the Broncos have long lacked, and I feel like I've been saying that about every inside linebacker solution the last five years, but he really has that range where he can cover a tight end, and uh, he's instantly a starter. The sooner he learns the playbook, the sooner he gets meaningful snaps, and that's why they made the move in the first place for him. And Baron Browning as well. I mean, that's a guy I want to see, so hopefully they can platoon. It doesn't have to be age or experience. It's talent level overall and what you bring to the table, as you we, said. We had some real high hopes that Browning would be able to make an impact as a rookie, and it's still possible that he can. Unfortunately, he got that injury in rookie minicamp, and that completely Lower threw body. him off. I mean, he – and then he gets the concussion covering a punt or kick or whatever it was uh, game before last, so – he will be back uh, for this coming game. So it's another body out there. And you know what? You acquired Stephen Weatherly. 
Vaughn hopefully is able to play. You still got Malik Reed. You still got Jonathan Cooper. You're going to get Bradley Chubb back. So guess what? Don't play Baron Browning at edge. Play him off the ball because that's where you need, I think, the most help in terms of like just numbers, just guys that can play football. And I get it. The Broncos pass rush. We'll go through the numbers here in a minute. In fact, we need to start transitioning to that here pretty soon. Um, You know, they need they need some help getting after the queue. But as long as Vaughn's on the field, you can feel at least a modicum of confidence, Zach, that the quarterback, you know, isn't getting perfect sleep on Saturday night. It's it's just unfortunate because he was uh, I don't he either was limited today or didn't practice and uh, it's two days in a row now and he didn't really or Fangio didn't sound like he has a great shot to play and then obviously Malik Reed and Cooper are both kind of banged up as well Bradley Chubb is still out for the next three or so weeks three ish weeks that Fangio said it's not a healthy linebacker core but there's younger guys that's why I don't associate. Um, age or experience with who should start. It's like you said, Chad, completely. If you have the talent, you get to starting now. Andrew Baker, and then we're going to do some side-by-sides here. He says, man, we need to put these old geezers out to pasture. I'm not putting uh, into the QB debate anymore, but, man, they're dumb. Drew probably would have did the 3-0 and and then throw in Teddy fresh to compete. Shake my head. Yeah, I mean, that's the biggest thing is, do the Broncos still get to 3-0 and if it's Drew under center? Does, does Drew Locke beat Daniel Jones, that version of the Giants? I think he does. Does Drew Locke beat the Jags? I think he does. Does Drew Locke beat the Jets at home? I think he does. So you get to 3-0, and and then maybe you still skid. I'm not saying, hey, if they would have gone with Drew, this team with these injuries and this coaching incompetency we've seen unfold – Drew would have him sitting here at seven and oh, that's not what I'm saying. But if you would have gone with Drew, you would know what you have in him, first and foremost. Second of all, if this thing did skid just like it has with Drew or whatever, you could have always gone to Teddy. And that change wouldn't have felt so painful, controversial, wouldn't have been as impactful. And now you could say, as a franchise act, with a straight face, hey, we gave it one last uh, swing at the plate with Drew Locke, the guy we traded up to draft in the second round and who we, you know, sacrificed and poured coaching into. And, you know, we gave it the old college try one last time. It didn't work out. We had to turn to Teddy. And fans would understand and accept that. Uh, unfortunately, the way they went about it, it's only fueled the doubts, the antipathy, the whole nine yards surrounding Vic Fangio and his entire coaching staff. And then we'll grab Aaron Lee here. Yeah, well, the answer to the question, would Drew Locke have gone 3-0, is another question. Did the Broncos go 3-0 because of Teddy Bridgewater? And that's what you have to ask yourself. I mean, he contributed to those wins, but I don't think he was the sole reason why they won those games. I think they played really terrible opponents. They had um, good defensive play. I mean, Teddy made some plays. The running game made some plays. But if Drew Locke would have managed the game like Teddy did, uh, they would have gone 3-0, I think, with him as well. Aaron Lee says Fangio is never going to put Locke in because his job depends on Bridgewater. He needs to wake up and see Bridgewater is not the answer. Let's see what Drew can do. I don't know that his job depends on Bridgewater. I'm not sure what you mean by that is what I actually meant to say, but um, I think it's simply a pride issue. And I think that, you know, George Payton was hands off on that decision for the most part and went with what the coaches said and the coaches opted to go for Teddy because he was a more proven commodity that presented a higher floor. And uh, Vic Fangio was a very, at the time, you guys heard us say it, and in the weeks following, a lot of people tried to uh, jump in with the uh, Crow thing that, you know, look at you guys freaking idiotic for saying they should have gone with Drew and all that, but it was self-serving, right? It was transparently about saving coaching jobs, not about what was best for this team. How about the comparisons to Peyton Manning that Teddy was getting? I mean, the hype was just off the charts. From the coach. God. And in terms of waking up, you can't wake up someone in a coma, and that's where Vic Fangio (laughs) is right now. I mean, unless he flatlines, it's the only way the Broncos are going to get out of the Teddy Bridgewater experiment. Easy now. He is in his 60s. You know, let's not tempt fate. Figuratively. Clay Do, What's up, dude? Another newer name. Welcome. Thank you. Connect on Twitter. 
He says, I work in a grocery store and under old owners, the store got dusty and stale, but we got new younger management. My store got completely renewed. We need young blood ASAP. It works outside of football too. (laughs) Absolutely, man. Leadership is leadership. Um, That's a good segue. Actually, Zach, if you want to grab a super chat, I'm going to bring up this, this email that Chris sent me yesterday. I just want to know if Clado's manager is interested in coaching football because the Broncos are going to have a vacancy pretty soon. It, it doesn't really always work just because you're young or just because you're old, experience, inexperienced. But in most cases in the NFL, most cases in life, when things get stale and played out, if you go with a fresher ap- approach, a forward-thinking, progressive approach, I think you'll have a better chance to kind of change things up. And when you do that, uh, good things shake loose, as far as I know. Okay, there are some names on this email that, uh, Travis, thanks, bro. You're going off today, bro. Appreciate it. There are some names on this this email I received from Chris Hernandez, who is in the um, United States Air Force. So I'm not going to flash the screen, but I'm going to read you a couple things here uh, as soon as we answer this question from Collection Connection. He says, do you think no fans last year hurt uh, Locke and the Broncos? I don't think it was so much a no fans thing. I just think it was the pandemic in general was and you can say look pandemic affected every team it was a level playing field it wasn't the teams that had young new quarterbacks young offensive lines young as far as experienced head coaches those were the teams that were more uh impacted by obviously i mean was it any skin off aaron Rodgers teeth the pandemic no because he's aaron Rodgers and he knows the players and the playbook and the league and his opponents like the back of his hand for a young, in utero, still up-and-coming quarterback like Drew Locke and a coaching staff still trying to figure out how to win and a new offensive coordinator and QB's coach, it was the worst possible scenario. I think it actually helped Drew Locke. There were no fans there to boo him off the field when he threw a pick, as he's come to experience. Um, I think coaching was a bigger detriment to Drew Locke and everyone in the Broncos offense, and also Drew Locke was a detriment to Drew Locke. I mean, he held himself back. He didn't take that step forward. He wasn't good enough. Just being objective and calling it like it is, Chad. I mean, it it also fell on Locke last year as well. It did. I mean, Locke, he did not leave no doubt. I try to avoid using double negatives, but he did not leave no doubt. He created doubt, and that's why he's in the situation he's in now. Uh, Chris Hernandez with the Super Chat. Thank you, bro. How timely. He says, ask Fangio, and he'll tell you the problem is the players. On that note, um, here's the email. So for some background, guys, um, when Tennessee hosted Mississippi in football, a very close game, it came down to the wire. With 54 seconds left, the refs made a call that the home fans didn't like, and the fans proceeded to throw bottles and cans and golf balls at the opposing team and onto the field. It took 20 minutes to clean up the mess and let the teams finish the game. On Sunday, the incident all over the national news, but interestingly, Tennessee's coach didn't say a word about it during his hour-long review of the game um, uh, TV show. Here's uh, some notes on that, and this is like a leadership uh, picker-upper, all right? Number one, leaders sometimes leaders stay mum on ugly incidents because they don't want to fuel the discussion. That's giving them the benefit of the doubt or whatever. Here's the other thing, though. But the grapevine will fuel the discussion, so... Leaders need to steer the discussion, too. Sometimes leaders stay mum on ugly incidents because they don't want to wade into controversial waters. Here's the flip side. Controversial moments are exactly when leaders need to lead. Three, sometimes leaders stay mum on ugly incidents because they don't feel responsible for the ugliness. This is applicable to, to Fangio. The flip side, it doesn't matter if you're directly responsible. You still have an opportunity to reinforce what good actually looks like last one four sometimes leaders stay mum on ugly incidents because their bosses instruct them to stay mum flip side leaders need to be wary of bosses who discourage them in doing the right thing so it's like leadership 101 fangio needs that course chris so thank you for sending that i was edified by it for what it's worth and i hope our audience was as well now um let me uh pull up some we're, we're getting close to our our uh, time here. Um, Marcus says, so as long as we have these coaches, we don't stand much of a chance. Uh, we, we, so as long as we have these coaches, we don't stand much of making much of a change and love to all you Bronco fans from the UK. Yeah. I mean, it, unfortunately it kind of feels that way. Doesn't it? That the Broncos are kind of stuck in a tailspin type situation, but let's do some head to head guys real quick. Let's take a look at what this game 
is uh, what caliber opponent the Broncos are facing on Sunday. Quick refresher as we go through these statistical comparisons. If the team is, if it's a green, that means they're top 10. If it's red, they're bottom 10. Black means they're right in the middle. Uh, let's take a first look here at turnover margin. The Broncos are now close to, pardon me, uh, bottom third with minus three in turnover differential. And Zach, that's been compounded significantly by the fact that this team hasn't been able to take the ball away while Teddy Bridgewater just in the last three games has given it away six times. I mean, two of the things that were supposed to be the Broncos calling cards completely fell apart in the last four games or so. Vic Fangio and the defense wanted to average two picks a game while they're not getting anything. Teddy was supposed to be steady Teddy, never turning the ball over, not to be Drew Locke. And look at that now, negative three. So it's everything's kind of falling apart at the seams right now in that regard. The good news, Washington, they're minus three as well. They're right there, both tied at 22nd. Time of possession, the Broncos are still inexplicably. This surprises me. This is how much they possess the ball, like the margin of which they possess the ball relative yeah. to their opponents the first three weeks. They're barely outside the top 10, whereas Washington, you know, they're bottom third. All right. Um, offense, let's take a look here. Your Denver Broncos, let's see if there's any green. Look, they are top 10 <laughs> in the fewest lost. fumbles lost. They only have three lost fumbles. So is that the only green? Yep, that's the only green. Uh, Washington, though. Is, has only one green, and that's in uh, sacks allowed. They've only allowed 10, which ties them for seventh fewest in the league. But uh, as far as yards per game, these are two teams that are basically mirroring each other. The Broncos are averaging 348. Washington's averaging 350 uh, points per game. The Broncos are ranked 24th, averaging a measly 20, whilst the Washington football team is averaging 0.9 points more than that per game of just under 21 points tied for 22nd as a rushing offense, Zach, these Denver Broncos are 18th averaging 106.8. And that's Zach for what it's worth. That should encourage fans because that's with Pat Shermer calling, you know, four handoffs to Javante in a game and eight to Melvin Gordon. So like there's an opportunity there for the Broncos. If they had coaches wise enough to recognize it. Meanwhile, Washington, Zach, they are the 13th ranked rushing offense with 119 yards per game. And then, Last thing, and then I want to serve this over. Passing-wise, the Broncos are the 16th passing offense, averaging 241 yards per game through the air. A lot of those, Zach, i got to remind people, though, are garbage time yards, okay? Whereas Washington, they're even worse. They're ranked 22nd. This, th these two offenses is the Spider-Man meme, just pointing at each other. It's, it's going to be a crap show on Sunday, pretty much. And I just I look at the net rushing yards. What are the Broncos at, Chad? 108 106.8 per game. When yep. you have Melvin Gordon running like he is and Javante running like he is, how are you not better than 18th? That's what I'm talking about. The coaching is just squandering what this roster could be talent-wise alone. And they have no green except for fumbles lost. And they're still 10th overall in that. It's not like they're top five in that department. But when you go down, Chad, yep. the, the bottom two are still the two worth paying attention to. And this these are the ones that are truly nauseating. The Broncos are 27th on third down and tied for 28th in the red zone when you can't convert third downs and i'll say i've been saying this since week one pretty much and you can't convert in the red zone you're not going to win many games now the broncos are giving up sacks on top of that it, it's just not a good place for denver's offense to be there are only five teams who have given up more sacks to the quarterback than your denver broncos so right now garrett bowles is looking like his his uh Second team all-pro year was a flash in the pan. Hopefully he can turn that around because, you know, I thought there was something more lasting there. But then he gets paid, and you never know how that's going to change things. Um, meanwhile, though, yeah, I mean, the good news here is both these teams suck on third down and in the red zone, so there is an opportunity. Well, it's not like the Broncos are facing a good defensive line or anything. You know, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, they're just a bunch of uh, losers out there, so. Man, I'm already getting nervous just hearing those names. Uh, defense, the Broncos start showing a little bit of green. All right. In net yards per game, they are the fifth offense in the league or defense in the league, uh, averaging 323 yards given up per game. That's fifth. Uh, yards per play, they're middle of the pack. Points per game, despite relinquishing some serious um, numbers in this four game skid, they're still. Top five, they're ranked fourth in points allowed, 18.1. I didn't right. realize 
Washington's that bad, though. I mean, 30 points a game they're giving up? Dead last. All right, this is the worst scoring defense in the National Football League. So, Zach, if this ain't a get-right game, if this is not an opportunity for these Denver Broncos to turn the ship around, it ain't going to come. I, we've said it, though. I mean, if the Broncos can't get right against Ben Roethlisberger, if they can't get right against Rich Basaccia, if they can't get right against Case Keenum, I mean, this seems like an actually tough test for Denver, only facing a team giving up 30 points a game, a team giving up 300 yards a game. If Teddy Bridgewater can't move the ball and score points, just bench him. I mean, look at those numbers right there. 300 yards and 30 points a game. It's Madden numbers. Hey, you know why I'm probably going to pick the Broncos to win this game? It's a sub-500 opponent, so you know they're going to you know, take care of it. That's best predictor of future behavior, past behavior. Broncos handled those opponents. Then they ran into some more quality opponents, and they've lost each one of them. That might be a rule of thumb for the Mile High Roundtable henceforth, Zach, is Let's look at the opponent. Are they sub-500? All right, we'll pick the Broncos. Are they 500 or above? Going against them. That's probably the best method. Um, all right, so that kind of shows you. Uh, last thing here I want to show is the Broncos' rushing defense is still a top-10 unit, and so is their passing defense, all right, um, as far as the stats say. Now, where Four it starts picks. getting ugly is right here. This team cannot take the ball away to save its life, all right? Tied for 18th in interceptions with four tied for 21st in fumble recoveries with two. They only have six freaking takeaways seven weeks into the season sacks. They're middle of the pack with uh, 15 that ranks them 13th. Well, not middle of the pack. They're just outside the top 10. So I wouldn't quite say middle of the pack, but meanwhile, that's exactly where Washington is. And they've actually taken the ball away eight times. So kudos to them. Third down though, uh, the Broncos, only five teams worse than your Denver Broncos in defending opponents on third down. But the good news is, Zach, Washington's the worst defense in the league on third down. So, again, get right opportunity. But red zone, my golly, the Broncos have fallen from grace. Under Vic Fangio, that was the one saving grace. Hey, we're losing games and we're sub-500, but, hey, you know what? We're the, we've, we've fielded the number one red zone defense in consecutive seasons and they even started off this year on the same track, Zach. Now they fall into 13th. His bend but don't break defense is uh, breaking quite often, Chad. And again, when you have that collection of talent and that payroll, the highest paid defense in the NFL, go up for one second just to hammer home the point. 27th on third downs, 24th in takeaways. Again, that's I don't think that's a talent issue, if you get my drift. Scheme, baby. All right, last thing, look at this. The uh, Washington football team has some green on special teams. In fact, three spots, gross punting, net punting, and kickoff return average. Your Broncos only have green in one area in the third phase, and that's their punt returns. They're averaging 10.2 yards per game, <clears throat> pardon me, which ranks them seventh. And then last thing I want to show you guys, penalties. The Broncos in penalties committed are tied for 11th, all right, with 40 of them. Opponent and penalties committed. The Broncos have seen their opponents uh, commit 48, which is tied for the seventh, uh, seventh most. All right, but this is a number that has to has to improve if this team's really going to turn the ship around. And as you can see here, the the Washington football team is not the worst as far as discipline is concerned, but they're not, you know, they're not the best. They're right in the middle of the pack. Um, so I think that's about all you need to know as far as the the head to head comparisons. It's going to be an ugly one on Sunday. It's an opportunity. I mean, Washington has some talent at specific spots. You mentioned the edge guys and that D-line has some, you know, it's teeming with some menace. But if the Broncos coaches can pull their heads out of their, you know what, you can scheme around that and capitalize on what is a very porous, porous defense when the, when it, you know, all is said and done. And then defensively, come on, dude. You're going to worry about, what's his name? I've, I've already forgotten his name. Heineke? Yeah. He's played okay this year, but go get after him. All right, Najal Toff, what's going on, bro? Thank you again. Second super chat of the night. He says, I think Fangio's inability to be wrong stopped him from starting lock when Teddy was clearly hurt. Teddy must have a great game, and if he doesn't think uh, Locke must be in, let me jump over to the to that side. Uh 
And if he doesn't think Locke must be put in as a starter, question is, hold on, Teddy must have a great game if he doesn't probably want Locke to be put in as a starter. Question is, will Fangio do what's right is what uh, Naj no. ends with there, Zach. No. Doing what's right long-term would have been starting Locke from the get-go. Doing what's right is inserting Locke when Bridgewater uh, can barely walk. Doing what's right is not getting up behind the podium and saying, oh, he was actually healthier than 75, 70, you know, percent. He was closer to 100 when he was limping pregame on video. I mean, the guy was broken physically. So Fangio hasn't proven to do what's right in his tenure with the Broncos, and there's no reason to think now, even with his job on the line, he's going to suddenly grow a brain. Marcus Lewis Hanna, what's up, buddy? He says, I still have faith in Teddy if he's given proper plays from the coaches. I have, hey, look, I don't want you guys to misinterpret what I'm saying. I don't think Teddy's some doormat, all right? That's not what I'm saying. But he ain't it. And if and you need it. You need the X factor. You need that oomph. And maybe Naj, or Naj, maybe Naj ain't it either. Throw Naj out there. Maybe Drew's not it either, but you need some kind of a spark. And you won't know whether or not you can get the spark unless you, you know, rub a couple sticks together and try and see if you can get the spark. You got to actually take the action in hopes of altering the situation. Uh, thank you, Michael. Appreciate you, my brother. Appreciate you very much. I mean, if we're playing the, the if game, if I found a million dollars, I'd be a millionaire. But I have actually more of a chance of that happening than the Broncos feeding their quarterback either Bridgewater or Locke the right plays. They're just that incompetent, in my opinion. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, right, we all would have a Merry Christmas. Um, the, the worst thing about the whole Teddy playing at 70 75% is just how much of a Ooh, I almost said a naughty word. Just how idiotic it makes Vic Fangio look after he castigated John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens franchise for player safety or lack of regard for player safety. Embarrassing. And that's why I'm telling you, and this is why I said this, in fact, after the Fangio said what he said, which is the Monday following the week four loss to the Ravens, I said this is a bad look for the team in more ways than one, and it's going to come back to haunt this team. And sure enough, as Donald says, I think he was healthier than he said he was. I care about player safety. Pocket presence like Tom Brady. The man has some hellacious quotes. I mean, it's right there written in front of you. And these quotes will go in the pantheon that includes Joe Flacco is in his prime. I mean, the Broncos are deluding themselves at the quarterback position since 2016, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. The Tom Brady thing was especially egregious to me, though. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater in the same sentence as Brady. Wow. Couldn't believe it then, and I can't believe it now. Guys, tomorrow we will be publishing at milehighhuddle.com the Mile High Roundtable, and we will wait to tender our official predictions and score picks um, for that article, but look for it tomorrow by about lunchtime. All right, that's when we like to publish it. And um, also, you're going to get keys to victory from Luke Patterson and a lot of pregame content, including – Dove Valley Deep Divers tomorrow night, Mile High Insiders Saturday night. Broncos Book Club will return on Saturday. Looking forward to that um, at noon Mountain Time. And uh, from there, guys, it'll be Sunday, Kelberman's Corner, and a return of the Huddle Up podcast for the gut reaction Sunday night. But with that, Zach, I'll pull up the final sheet for Facebook and the YouTube Super Chat while you give us uh, our, our rundown. Yes, this was the Huddle Up Pod, guys. And until we see you guys next time, be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you would so be so kind and check out huddleuppod.com, get yourself a hat, get yourself a shirt, get yourself a hoodie, get yourself anything you want. It's in that store. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. Hit that big blue button and become a VIP supporter for exclusive access to our VIP programming. Like Chad mentioned, Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickle Zone each and every week. Also, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod. Follow that page. And if you haven't already, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every month. But if you can't do any of those things, do these three things that take a few seconds. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. All right, guys. 
And yes, on Monday night, we'll also do the drawing for the uh, Apple Podcast reviews in the month of October, and there have been a lot of them. So props to you guys. Thank you for doing that. Keep it going. We're going to continue doing that month in, month out. We went away from it for a little while, but we're going back to it. So here is the updated Super Chat rankings for the month of October. All right. Mark from Georgia at number one. The Duchess, Michaela, at two. Naj at three. This doesn't count tonight for what it's worth. Uh, the Queen at four. Seth Harmon at five. Chris Hernandez right outside the top five at six. Uh, and remember, guys, there's still, you know, four days left. Well, let's see, nine, ten, yeah, three days. So Sunday is the last day to factor into these rankings. Um, D-Dub Dale at seven. BG, as we like to call him, Brian Greenfield at eight. Aaron Lynch, big A, little A, R-O-N at nine. Shane Daniels, ten. And then here's kind of a list of where everyone stands. And, guys, if you're not in the top five, uh, do not fear because we're going to have giveaways for each kind of tier. We'll do raffles for each tier. So everyone that has chipped in and supported what we're doing here in the month of October is going to have a shot to win some swag. Might not be the jersey, but you'll have a chance to win some stuff here. And then, Zach, one last thing. Shout out to our Facebook stars tonight. Love you. Appreciate you. Travis, we know this now. Good thing comes. Good things come to those who wait. And we're talking about us. Thank you so much for the support, bro. Josh Hoyle, Randy Jones, Michael Ronquillo, Claude Riley, Shane Daniels, Pete Middleton, Mike Reno, Marcus Lewis, Henna, across the pond, Doug Raquel, Travis Tarbox, Mark Johnson, whose uh, jersey we learned yesterday finally shipped. He he won uh, the Justin Simmons jersey. Joe Sawyer, Andrew Lampy, Aaron Lee, Howie Frickin' Day, and David. Wilder. So love you guys. Have a great weekend. Happy Halloween. Be safe out there. Enjoy your kids if you got them. And Zach will sign us off. We'll see you Sunday. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.